describes acts of extreme violence in graphic detail and may include discussions about demonology and the occult, topics that caused widespread panic during the 1980s. This content may not be suitable for children under the age of 50. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. Do you want to do an audible, or do you want to do you want to do sage advice, or you want to do something else? Ready for sage advice? Let's do it. Are right. you are you sir? Ready ah, for sage I think advice? I am ready for. Okay. Now, these are these these are sage advicey, sage advice esque. Okay. These are questions out of Dragon Magazine. They're out of the April, nineteen eighty two. Okay. Very Dragon timely. Magazine. Yeah. So uh, they're not exactly sage advice. Right. But they are. Question, Dragon Magazine, April 1982. Are you ready, James? I am. Okay. Question. Malrob the Maroon, a wandering wizard, is attacked and seized by a very large rock. Oh, okay. He is carried high into the air before he manages to wiggle free of the rock's grasp. Right. The DM informs Malrob, well, you're out of the frying pan and into the fire. Because you are now 3,000 feet in the air and dropping like a stone. Hmm. Malrob replies, no sweat. I have a fly spell for just such an emergency as this. The DM and Malrob now launch into a lengthy, quote, discussion about falling, terminal velocity, and various other aspects of physics and fluid mechanics. Question number one, James. <laughs> Does Malrob throw his fly spell in time? If not, why not? Question two, if so, what is the result of this? So how high up is he? 3,000 feet. 3,000 feet. Dropping well, like a stone. I, and, and so the DM is going to allow him to cast the spell while moving. That's the first question. Well, does Malrob, this is the question, does Malrob throw his fly spell in time? If not, why not? So however you want to answer this. So I would first start with, in the DMG, it says you're supposed to be motionless. But there is also discussion about aerial combat and spell casting. So that would be probably where I would go. Because in combat, it says you can't move, you can't be nudged, but you're not being nudged, you're just kind of flying around. So I would have to look up aerial combat. So we're flipping and turning. We're flipping, we're turning going to the adventure area, Adventures in the Air, and let's see if it has something to say about spell casting in the air. Well, and, and would part of this uh, take into account the components, whether... Well, that's also true. 
I'll look up the components. I know nothing about a fly spell. I'm sure it's not level well, I was, one. That was the next place I was going to go because we would need to know how long a cat takes to cast a fly spell. I will look that up to help you out, James. That's I will be your assistant here. It is a third level magic so spell. So in a quickly reviewing, I do not see anything specifically about spell casting uh, re related to can you cast a spell in the air? Amazing. Uh, I can tell you, James, the components are all three, verbal, somatic, and material. I think the biggest problem is material, perhaps, though somatic ain't great either. Because right. you've got to be, we know that if you're disrupted in combat. Right, that's what I was saying. So you're flying and you're having to do somatic, and you've got material. The material components, you know what the material components are? I have are? no idea. A wing feather of any bird. Okay. So we're assuming you have it in one of your little pouches right. in your robe. That's right. You got to get out a wing feather, and you have to do also the motions. Speaking might not be a problem. Yeah. Though I figured it's a lot of pressure. Right. Right. So, and keep in mind, there's another issue here too. Oh yeah, what's the amount of time? Because you're falling fast. You're clearly going down here, James. You're clearly crashing. And burning. Fly spell, three segments. Yeah, so three segments is 18 seconds. You got 18 seconds to do a lot so of So if, if assuming the DM is allowing the spell to go off and, and not reverting back to casting, you know, if you go back to spell casting during melee, uh, it's said that they're basically, you, you, it's thus, on page 65 of the DMG, thus casting a spell requires that the figure be relatively motionless and concentrating the effort during the entire course of uninterrupted casting. So if plumbing's into your death, uh, unless the spell has no somatic component, the caster cannot be crouching, let alone prone doing casting. So first you have to decide if, if that's going to be allowed. Uh, that would be the first thing. Can we talk about that for that? That would be very hard to do. That would be hard to do. But let's assume it can happen. Let's just say okay. the DM, because he doesn't want the poor character to die, he's going to give him the chance to cast a spell. And now, would you do a dex roll, like, make sure that... Because I can see in a movie where you're pulling out the feather, and, then, you know, it's kind of like, remember the movie After Hours? Where right. His, his money flies out of the cab at the beginning? Right, exactly. I would think, like, that feather would, like... Yeah, you're... I mean, you just got dropped, and, and it's, what is it, 24 feet per second per second, or some version of that, <laughs> so... What is it, 24, and then uh, then you had another 24 is 48, is 72, and then another 70, 20... Uh, so, it, it, so I would say, I'm guessing... I, I'm not going to waste time. It's terrifying. Can, yeah, well, it is. Can, can, will he have enough time to cast a spell? No, but. So. I make I, your saving throw. Maybe you're not killed. Yeah. Oh, your magic is that you have like eight hit points. Right, and you'll take 20d6 damage. So. Ooh, oh. You know, well, you know, there's been writing about that flipping and turning as whether you really do it exponentially like that or well, not. Well, it doesn't matter. If it's exponential or not, you're dropping 3,000 feet. feet. Oh, my God. That's d6 times. Well, it's supposed the to be max, maximum is 20. Oh, is that right? Yeah, for falling. Okay. Yeah, 32 feet squared. Thank you, sir. 24, 32. Uh, so I'm going to say, no, he can't do it. He's not going to have enough time. He's not going to have time. Did you do the math on that? No, I just rolled the dice. No, but. All right. But yes, the segment. So it's, he would need to have 18 seconds. Assuming from the time he dropped, he immediately started trying to cast a spell. Okay. Well, I'm a little disappointed that you didn't do the math because to find out is the answer. To find out how far an object will fall in a given period of time, 
use the formula d equals 16 t squared, I mean obviously, where d equals the distance in feet and t is time in seconds. In the AD&D rules, a fly spell takes three seconds, so very so good. 18, 18, 18 that squared, out. whatever that is. Or 18 seconds. 180 and 144, so that's 300. Mal will fall 5,184 feet before his spell takes effect, and he doesn't have that much room to spare. So you no more Malrob, right? Well, yes, but that's incredible. The dice said no but. No but. They wow. Remember that, James. Just, these are words to live by. That's right. The yeah. dice didn't lie. For the first time, it hasn't lied. Right. Because of air resistance. So I'd just like to say, James, I think you've done a very good job. Or the dice haven't. Anyway. Right. Uh, because of air resistance. Ah, uh, the air resistance. So I get a ding ding. Did you talk about air resistance? I, I said no but. That's right. So it's, it's like when you're walking out of the exam, you're like, yeah, so what'd you do? Like, oh, yeah, well, that was like 5A184. And like, what did you think about air resistance? Oh, ah. air resistance. I got a B. Because of air resistance, Malrob will not accelerate constantly and continually. Terminal velocity for a falling body is about 125 miles per hour. This is fascinating. Or 180 feet per second. It takes a distance of 500 feet and a time of 5.6 seconds to People reach this velocity. People are going to think that this is our April episode because we're talking about this, but this is what we do all the time. This is important. Yeah. This is no fooling around. Therefore, after falling 500 feet, Malrob will drop at 180 feet per second for 12.4 more seconds. Malrob will fall a total of 2,732 feet, the first 500 feet plus, or 2,232 more. This leaves 268 feet to spare of the original 2,500-foot height, and it appears that Malrob saved. But there is one other fact to consider, James. Of course. Malrob is still moving downward at 180 feet per second and resembles right. a plane pulling out of a steep dive. Right. He's got a fly. He's got oh. A right. Now, this is where it's curious because does his maneuverability help? Fly spell? Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah, I can throw this right back at you. A character using, I didn't hear, you're really onto this. A character using a fly spell has a movement rate of 12 inches, which should be halved if the flyer is ascending or attempting to. Why? Because you're dealing with gravity, I assume. Okay. If the DM gives Malrob the benefit of every doubt by not having his movement rate and by interpreting it as a rate of 120 yards per round, outdoor scale, the maximum acceleration out of his dive is 360 feet per turn, which works out to 0.6 feet per second square. With this pitiful acceleration... That's not enough. You are good. There is no way Malrob is going to pull out of his dive. He will strike the ground less than two seconds after he starts to yell, fly. Oh, that's terrible. So he's like, fly, and he's... Well, this is why I would, I would also factor in, can he, can he kind of start turning? He has a B rating. And, and I mean, he's still going to crash horribly, but maybe he can kind of. Oh yeah. Oh, so you're right. So maybe. Oh, so maybe he doesn't take all those dice damage. Right. And and we didn't even factor in the ground. Is it ground? Is it the sea? Is maybe he can hit some bushes? Maybe he can hit a land urchin. We don't know. Anything. That was a lot of fun. Okay. Are you ready for at least one more? Yes, one more. Please, God, yes. One no more. more. No more than one more. Yes, one more. Think this is the Gong Show? Oh. <laughs> oh, that was good. I like that one. Okay. 
You took to that better than I thought I would. Oh, it's fine. Yeah, I thought you would. Uh, we like how many trains, you know, if a train leaves Denver at 3 o'clock, how many? You, no, 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 no. You know what I thought of that question. Uh, if that question comes up, no, I'm very unhappy. If I'm, if I'm the DM and someone starts pulling out a calculator and a pencil... Yeah, yeah, see, that's, I'm rolling this die. That's why these, you need these dice. And this I don't want to hear about And by the way, this is where uh, David Thompson's thing of leveraging the saving throws to adjudicate all these. I don't know, make your saving throw versus death magic or something to that effect, or, or parallel petrification, the one with dexterity involved, because you're trying to do something, and luck of the gods and blah, 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 you're just trying to throw it all in. Well, that's right. Do you get to people, I can't remember, do you get a saving throw on falling damage or not? Is it DM discretion? Probably DM discretion. No, you don't get. No, a saving you don't throw. get a saving throw. But what you could say is again, miracle of miracles, that he started. He was started casting the spell when he was up there. He thought he was going to need it. You know, he started actually casting it while he was still in the rock. Oh yeah, David Thompson likes using the saving throws to adjudicate these kind of things and versus ability scores or the stuff. Yeah, I'm more of an ability kind of guy. I'd be right. more like do Dax. He likes saving. Well, throws. the Chamberlain is his his uh, justification for that is because. Even though the ability scores should be aligned with the class, in other words, you should have your best ability score in the, the in the scores that you need, like intelligence for magic user. The saving throws are tilted towards the by class, so dexterity ones are tip are favored towards uh, thieves, for example. Fighters do better, uh, you know, at certain things. Clerics do better against the death magic. The only problem I have with the saving throw, I like the idea of the saving throw because as you get higher level, you, you know, you're better at stuff. So I like that idea. The downside, of course, is then you have to find a category that fits. Right. They're, they're not built for this. So yeah. it's like, what is this? Spell, whatever. And what I really dislike, I've complained about it before, is that magic users progress on saving throws. Slowly. For... They should progress faster for things like save against spells. Why right. is a fighter progressing faster save versus spells? But whatever. Okay. Uh, some of the balance, I would say. That's for another time. Uh, one fine. more. Give me another one. Okay, one more, because you did great on that one. I was very impressed. Thank you. A mixed party of players encounters an underground orc lair. Ooh. The lair contains... What's the name of the orc lair? What's the name of the orc tribe? It's the... Uh, no, it's, it's, it's the, under, the underground orcs. The underground orc. That's why it's called the underground orc lair. Right. right. Okay. Okay. The the U O L. Okay. The lair contains large amounts of combustible materials, such as old wooden tools and weapons, clothes, and jars of oil. Okay. After a strategy conference, the players decide to throw several fireballs into the lair and set fire to as much of the stuff as possible. See all these questions. Because players, this stuff happens in games is why I don't want to be a DM. <laughs> right. This is like my nightmare. In the ensuing confusion, they will charge the Orc King's throne oh. to kill him and his retainers. After the rest of the Orcs scatter in panic and confusion, party members may loot what is left at their leisure. James, what is wrong with this plan? Don't me to repeat it. That's a lot. I, didn't, I really wasn't... See, I got. I was falling asleep after they. 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 There's an orc underground orcs party decides to fireball. There's a bunch of crap in there, and then they're gonna loot after they blow everything up. Is that basic premise? That is a lot of combustible material, and you're gonna throw several fireballs right and they, uh, into and, the and, lair. And they want to get the gold after they kill them. In the ensuing confusion, as it, as the fire rages, you're gonna run up, kill the orc king. Hope you. It'd be nice if you had an assassin. Kill the orc king and his retainers. 
and then when they scatter, you're going to loot it. Okay. Anything wrong with this plan? Oh, I'm sorry, not anything. This really is an exam, isn't it? What is wrong with it? It's an essay exam. Is there, this is where they need to give you the best, which all the answers are correct except one is best. That would be better. Oh, you want the multiple choice? Yeah. But uh, I'm going to say the problem with this is due to the fireballs and the, there'll be a raging fire and the gold and the other items may be destroyed before they get to them. I guess that's what. Okay. There may be several things wrong with the oh. player's plan, depending on other circumstances. They have a lot of facts. Right. But the most glaring mistake, and one almost always overlooked, is the fact that a fire in an enclosed area is very dangerous. Yes. In addition to the danger of their characters being burned by their own fire, the players have forgotten two other things. The first is that a fire will rapidly deplete the oxygen in the cavern or dungeon, yeah. making breathing difficult. These are things where players are just like, to the DM, you're a jerk. Right. Like, you guys, like, you're all suffocating. You die. The second is that any fire produces carbon monoxide, which is bad for the environment. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's a highly poisonous gas. On the surface, in the open air, CO is unimportant. You know it was the 80s. Right. Underground. Exactly. They only knew now. <laughs> we'll only go back in time. Underground, CO will almost certainly kill every orc there, as well as all of the characters. Carbon monoxide is odorless, colorless, and tasteless. Is this like in the garage where you have your car running? Right, yeah. Oh. Or you have any kind of propane or whatever, uh, fire pits or whatever, and they're running and it's not being properly ventilated. I, 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 I'm familiar with the case where a woman was using a something uh, some, yeah, in a closed area. Yeah. And she was using it to clean some whatever. And that was it. So, you're gonna get, so the players are going to die of carbon monoxide? Apparently. The, well, well, they could. The, the problem is it's... So you, you would have to, again, back to David, you'd have to start making saving throws because, again, that's, this is a heroic game. You'd have to adjudicate and you'd have to tell, kind of explain them they're starting to get groggy. And... So you need ventilation. Yes. So if you're going to throw a fireball, I like the phrase throw spell. Do you ever use that right. phrase, throw a spell? Uh, I think so. Yeah, some people sure. need to throw a spell. Because I see throwing a fireball, I feel like you're holding the fireball. Throw a fireball. Right, you chuck some fireballs in. You throw a fireball spell. I don't think you throw a fireball. Right. You throw a fireball right. spell. So you need to, anytime you're setting fire to something or any fire spell, right. you need to make sure that you have, that you have uh, the air ventilation. You sh that's why you bring birds in. You bring your small falcon. Oh, you mean like, like the canary in the coal mine? That's the whole point of it. That's right. The, fal the falcon in the dungeon. The falcon in the dungeon. That's, 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 that sounds like a module or, or a game or something. Or, yeah. Right? Or an album. A falcon. The falcon in the dungeon. Right. Okay. Well, that was useful. Well, here's the problem with all that. I don't mean the problem. That's probably the wrong word. The, the, when you start getting so much realistic physics and yes. environment, it starts taking away from it. And there's always that tension between a fantasy game and people. That wouldn't work in the real world. It's not very... Maybe orcs don't breathe oxygen. Maybe they breathe methane gas. Well, some of it is like, yeah, you don't want to get so bogged down in it. So, but you know what, James? I enjoyed this so much. I'm right. going to keep this here because... And next time, you just have to wait. We'll find out about what happens. What happens when the tip of the fire on your torches go blue? Ooh. Ooh wait till on the next episode. Ooh, next episode. That'll be great. That'll be good one, won't it? That would be great. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. But, you know, again, there's, there's always that tension of anytime you have falling rocks and you have water and drowning. And fortunately, 
you know, the, the later books, like The Dungeoneer Survival Guide, Wilderness Survival Guide, they really capture that. And um, we're going to talk about one, our, probably our favorite book later. No, that's, that's what makes the game immersive. And, right. you, and it gives you a vehicle for storytelling, which is really, the, that's what right. Dungeons and Dragons is all about. Right. I also like uh, calculating how much interest my money is earning in the bank. Absolutely. Right. I mean, that's more old school, but you know, now you have opportunities to figure out the rope tensile strength of when you're repelling, and mm -hmm. did you bring enough uh, caltri uh, what are those things, those pylons, pikesons that you've put into the walls? Mm -hmm. All good stuff. Yeah. So um, we have a new, another new segment that we're going to do, which is uh, it's something that we, uh, we're starting. It's one of these opportunities to kind of review things. And so we're gonna we have a special guest coming on. So let's uh, let's do. And we've that. had a lot of special guests. Yes. So, I mean, this is in keeping with. Great, right? We've had Ernie uh, Gygax, right. uh, Errol Otis. Right, exactly. Exactly. So we have uh, a new guest, and we're going to start this uh, right now. Let me, let me bring him on. Surprise guest. All right. We are on to a new segment, Concordant Opposition, where we bring in different perspectives from around the old gaming community. That's correct, James. And so I'm pleased to introduce our guest, a commentator with a huge following in Greyhawk, and founder of the Liberty Scroll Zine, Mr. Lex A. Sonji. So what would you like to discuss today on our show? Sounds very serious. What happened? Well, that sounds reasonable to me, Lex. I mean, it's for their safety. Hordes. Yeah. So you don't think that's correct? Well, I, I would certainly want a helmet if I had to go into battle. I would like to know more about gnomish hordes. Never heard gnomes hoarding before. Well, that's a good point, I guess, so... Well, that seems excessive. I've also heard that you have evidence that they don't follow their own rules. Is that true?
Well, well third-party statements are inadmissible. Wow, that really sounds like a conspiracy. Very diabolic. Those are some outrageous claims. So what else can concerned people do? Well, you've changed my mind. I'm so glad you had you on. Thanks, Lex. You fell for that? You, he's on the internet. He's on the internet of Greyhawk. He's gotta be right. That guy's a nutball. Why didn't you? I got Errol Otis. You got this guy? Oh, we're having him on again. I mean, he's changed my mind on a lot of things. This is truly amazing, so. I'm so glad we had this on. So tell us what you think in the comments if you want to see Lex on again and get his perspective. I'm, I'm sorry you didn't under, I mean, demons and Greyhawk seems pretty logical to me. So, well. Oh no, I was talking about not wanting to wear a helmet. Oh. I thought the helmet rules, oh no, that part I agree with. Oh, okay. I'm not about the helmets. Well. Have you read the helmet rules? You know, I, I, I can see both sides of this. You know, having a helmet is great, but if you're getting whacked in the head, I mean, look, if you close your eyes and I beat you on the head, it, I don't know. I don't think it's that. Uh, I don't think it's that controversial, to be perfectly well, honest. You know, he might have a good point. Do you remember we had the guys on who did the Tome of Mighty Magic? Right, the Tome of Mighty Magic. And do you remember it? the spell they had? Enlarge helmet. Enlarge helmet. That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> Lex, that's great. Lex might be onto something here. That's exactly right. I don't know if that's what he was thinking, but you know. All right. Well, do you want to go over the Jester class now? I, so, I love this class. In April 1982, April, that's right, 40 perfect. years ago today, right. the Jester class came out in Dragon Magazine. Uh, you, know, you, know, you know who wrote the Jester NPC class? I was going to say Roger Moore, but it's probably... Oh, good. Hey, ding, ding, ding. Because we know everything Roger Moore touches is gold. So Roger Moore did the gesture class, and I think, I, I, I'm thinking of incorporating this into uh, my campaigns as a regular, as a PC available. It's no parentheses, James. So it's gonna be like Necromancer that everyone wants to play it, or we, we can't play it? You, you can play it. Oh, okay. You can play it. Okay, I'm gonna let you. you play it. Okay, so the gesture, so the gestures roam from place to place telling tales, pulling practical jokes, insulting the most fearsome of monsters and characters and generally making nuisances of themselves. And they're gonna have special powers. 
what what races do you think could be a gesture? If you were going to say you're no. going to write the gesture no. class, no, absolutely, gnomes can definitely be it. Any human or demi-human race may have gestures, but only humans, half elves, and gnomes have unlimited advancement. Oh. Uh. What I think this is interesting is that that means you can be a half orc gesture. That's that is good. <laughs> That's one rude dude. <laughs> uh, how you like that? Is he like the Lenny Bruce? That's, stuff, right, you know? that's right, the Lenny Bruce. He's the like, Andrew Dice Clay. Yeah, the, yeah, that's better. That's probably better than Lenny Brown. The Andrew Dice Clay. Hickory Dickory Duck. <laughs> yeah, I kill you. That's right. <laughs> Jack and Jill went up the hill. Yeah. Each with a butt, dollar twenty-five. Yeah. Jill came down with two fifty. Oh, hello. Yeah. Hey, hey, two silver pieces. Hey. Uh, okay. You, don't you talk about my wife? Oh, sorry. That's a good. That's a good point. So that you're really taking it. This <laughs> James wants to be the half orc jester. <laughs> so, okay. That's my next character, half orc jester. Uh, <laughs> ask the DM if you can be a half orc jester. That's almost as good as the the. <laughs> Nico's the production goblin's cleric who couldn't heal people. That was that's a, that's right. He did a cleric. Who, that's right. He did a cleric who couldn't heal. Okay, halflings may go to twelfth level before their jokes get boring. You can see that. Right, right. And elves may go to tenth level before their jokes get too exotic. Ooh. Dwarves are not very humorously inclined and may only reach sixth level, since half orcs and their kin all think things like thumbscrews and iron maidens are marvelously comic. They may only attain the fourth level of experience. So I'm sorry. So yes. jester cleric, basically four four. Ooh, multi class. The class jester cleric. Cleric jester. That's weird, isn't it? That's it. So you're like a doctor by day, and then you're like do the improv at night. Okay. <laughs> doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde, kind of thing. Yes, I love. Oh yeah. Stuff writes it, itself. It does. So you care, doctor. So during the day, yeah, you're the half orc Jekyll. The half orc. That's right. Half orc Hyde. Right, he's he's sacrificing to Grumsh or whoever, or or uh, never know. Yeah, and then at night he's cutting it up uh, with the, yeah. with the other people. Literally, I love literally. Half elves can advance without limit because they're able to draw from human and elven comedy, <laughs> and thus gain a richer sense of humor. Gnomes are more adventurous on the whole than halflings are, and are more mischievous as well. Thus, they can progress further than the latter. Okay, you can be either neutral good. Chaotic good, true neutral, or chaotic neutral. So I'm sorry, James. What's your alignment going to be with your... You chaotic can't be neutral. Evil. Yeah, I figured that was coming. Chaotic neutral. Now, this is where things get interesting. There's a mess up here. Oh, there is? There is. I believe. That's a lie. I know. I don't want to... That's a big allegation. Right. The intelligence and wisdom scores of a jester must each be at least 12. What do you think charisma has to be? 16. 13. And that would oh. make sense, right? There's a problem, isn't there? Tell me about your half work. Oh, yeah, you can't be, only be what, 12? So you're going to need some magical ability to be a jester, right? Apparently, right? Well, you could be a jester to other orcs, <laughs> right? That's right. <laughs> so, like, you got, right. So, like, you're just making a bunch of jokes, and you're just like, like, the humans are like, what is this guy? Right. So you could be. And I, the orcs are laughing and laughing. Yeah. The other half orcs are just laughing and laughing. Yeah. They're working the orc, orc circuit. That's very interesting. I guess you're right. So you could be a jester to other half orcs. Yeah. Or to orcs. Oh, you're at the orc underground lair. Right. The orc Playing under tonight. That's right. <laughs> Pseudo undead. Until that fireball. Jekyll Hyde. Who did right. the fireball? <laughs> We're all going to die. Everyone run. <laughs> all right. Okay. Uh, people have been loving it. Like, look at the pyrotechnics that he did. That's oh, right. Oh, God. Yeah, all right. Jest jesters with intelligence, wisdom, and exterior. Okay, who cares about the 10% earned? All right. The gesture. Oh, the gesture class. And oh, gestures tend to be smaller than average. <laughs> 
Yeah, you're it's like a little half orc. You're a little half orc. <laughs> you're like the veggie pygmy. Half, 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 half veggie pygmy, half orc. They're fecund, as we learned. So are you quarter or you mean half orc? Or like half half work. Well, no, they're 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 half orc, but the other half is veggie pig. So you're a quarter or a quarter human. No, no, no. They the orc <laughs> went to the barrier peaks and found a veggie pig meat. Okay. So he was playing the circuit. Yes. <laughs> and something happened. Exactly. Waka waka. Okay, all right. Oh yeah, I forgot my waka I'm waka sorry, y'all. So what's wrong with this when that's the one you need the most? Right. For this show. Okay. Yeah, that's oh. true. Get that ready. <laughs> you should always that should be like number one. It should be on loop. It should be. There you go. There you go. The Jester class cannot be combined with any other class. I'm sorry, Jim. Oh. You can't be a cleric. Well, you're already letting us do this, so I thought you could fill it. If I remove the parentheses, yeah. See, you're pushing it, James. Don't push me. Don't push me. I know. Okay. I know. I know. Any change from the Jester's alignment? Okay. Who cares? All right. Uh, Jester, you have six sided dice. Okay. That's not... roll your, roll your Better than a magic user. Better than a magic. Like user. small. Better than a cap. Be oh yeah, better than a cap. I have two. <laughs> you have two hit points. Okay. Um, you can, all right. So here's your, I know what you've been waiting for, your special abilities, okay? One new language over and above those already allowed to the Jester NPC because of intelligence may be learned at each odd numbered level of experience, including first level. Okay. To reflect the Jester's naturally strange mind, the new language may, if the DM desires, and you know, I desire. Yep. Be rolled randomly because you're supposed to learn them. That table is right. for NPCs. A lot of people think you get to roll those all up. You got to learn them. No. The way we did it back right. in the day. Yeah, that's, we did. But you would you like to learn? So what's, would you like to roll your intelligence, James? Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, forty six. All right, go for it. You better be at least twelve. You're not a jester. I have a four intelligence. You want to be a jester? So you, you're, you're just terrible, dude. You don't have the charisma. No, you don't have the intelligence. You're horrible. Yeah, that's bad. I've you're four, hopeless. I mean, for those who can't see, I rolled three ones and a two on 46. So. I think you have, what was the, don't you have, what's that opposite? Was it not the, the opposite of divine awe? The horror? Divine horror. Well, okay. that, that's. Roll your, let's see what you are. Let's roll your, uh, we'll give you an intelligence. Go roll a uh, percentile, yeah, percentile. Because it's crazy. 23. Oh, boo, Alvish. How boring. Okay, whatever. Okay. Here it is. Due to your outrageous mannerisms and peculiar dress. So you're half-orc in peculiar dress. I like it. You gain a plus one on initiative rolls in combat with all types of, appoint, uh, of opponents. You get plus one on initiative. Oh, that's amazing. That's pretty cool, right? Because they, like, see you. and It's like a little bit of surprise. Right. They're like, what? You save on the thief table with plus one on all saving throws to account for your extremely good luck. You can climb walls and other rough vertical surfaces with a base 75% chance of success. I guess we get out of there when like, people get upset. This chance improves 2% for each level to maximum 99, and you get your racial index bonus. That's nice. From third level onward, you're going to love this one. You may pick pockets as well as a thief two levels lower. Okay, okay that's cool. Because you are, you are a master of wit and insult, you may raise the morale of friends and lower the morale of enemies within a 60-foot radius of the jester. So that's nice, right? So you're kind of like a bard, but with jokes. If you are engaged, a jester who is engaged in altering the local morale conditions can perform other actions. Morale is altered through the skillful use of loud vocal commentary and hand gestures. 
Thus, silence, paralysis, hold, and other related spells can prevent and prevent you from doing it. And here's the good news, too. You are going to, you're immune from insanity of any sort. Okay? Because you're insane. Already. You are accustomed by trade to juggling small objects and doing tricks with them. Anytime a jester is aware that a small grenade-like object dagger dart has been tossed, this would have been good for the falcon, within 10 feet of him or her, there's a base 80% chance, plus one per level of the jester to a maximum 99%, that the jester can successfully catch the item in question and wait for it. There's more. Immediately in the same segment, toss it back in the direction it came from. Wow. That's pretty good, right? Yeah. That's better than a monk. Well, everything's better than a monk. So basically... It's coming at, so the dagger's, like, you're standing next to me. Right. And a dagger's coming at you. I grab the dagger out of air and toss it back. Right. Okay. Monks can't even do that. That's very good, right? Uh, the, the category of grenade-like objects could include vials of poison, flaming bottles of oil, acid grenades, or the third form of Odalix freezing sphere. I don't know what that is. It's a magic user spell. Thank you. Even a poisoned dagger may be safely grasped if the jester catches it, provided the hilt is not poisoned. So need to poison your hills. Now, no, you know this, because it might be a gesture in the other party. Right. Uh, okay. You are also, at 16th level, you are the Prince of Jesters. You gain the power to read and use eye scrolls of a magic user illusionist nature. There is a chance of backfire. Jesters are also skilled at casting their voices, that they function as if they had permanent ventriloquism. Spell? Wow. Uh, you may only wear leather armor but you can have small shields, um, and you also get spells. Ready for this? I love it. You do. You get spells. There is a spell table, and you get various spells. So there is, there is uh, first level, animal friendship, charm person, friends, hypnotism, sleep. Second level, forget, rave, enfeeblement, scare, and trip. Third level, hold person, hold animal, suggestion, and on and on. So what do you... And there, there's your spell chart. First level, gesture. Second level, you get one spell. So you have catch object, pick pockets, climb walls, and you get some spells, and you are the gesture. What do you think? I like it. I mean, some of the skills don't seem to be very appropriate for the gesture. Like, I mean, mock royalty would be a percentage. You know, can you, mm -hmm. can you feign, um, you know, where the gesture mocks the royalty and somehow still survives? You have to, should have... A, Plus, it's the saving throws against mocking. Yeah, I guess some of that is, yeah, you do get the morale, right? Well, morale against other people. But I always think of a jester as the court jester who goes and speaks truth to the king or the prince, but says it in a way that keeps him alive. That's kind of, so I don't know how you, how you make that into a thing. So you can basically taunt people without them knowing it. Yeah, that's true. That's There's true. There's really not any of that in there. Unless I've overlooked Yeah, like it. when I say I'm... The fact that you read this entire article, it's really helpful. I really appreciate that. I, well, yes. I, I actually read one-tenth of it. I could have gone. It could have been much worse. I oh, sure that wasn't I, all of it? It just felt that way. <laughs> see? That's, that, would, that should be a skill. I should be able to roll to see if you take that not as a taunt, but actually as, oh, thank you. Oh, well, since you mentioned it, yeah, uh, you can get followers. Ooh, I like that. And although you do not normally establish castles or citadels, and don't attract file. Uh, what about comedy clubs? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I get henchmen and hirelings. I don't get followers. Oh, okay. But I can give performances at arenas in any city, as well as spontaneous shows at any street corner. Payment by local crowds should be determined by 
the DA, a DM. But here you go. Ready for this? A jester mm-hmm. of ninth level or more may establish a fun house or okay. carnival <laughs> and attract oh, bigger no. crowds and make money details. Again, details, again, should be worked out by the DM. So I can get a fun house. Greg's fun house. The, uh, too bad the half-orc can't get to ninth level because or else oh, he, could, uh... he doesn't get the fun house. No. Bragg's fun house. Yeah. That sounds amazing kind of... with Iron Maidens in it and, and uh, torture devices. Well, you know, I was thinking that the, your cleric could work there. Right. Punishing the Acolyte. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I was thinking, so you know, I wanted to run an adventure where it would be NPCs. It would be like an Andy Paladin, mm-hmm. the Grave Digger, right. Jester. The Necromancer. The Necromancer. That would be fun, I think. Jester yeah, would be The Alchemist. There. The Alchemist. I think there's like a librarian. They've gone so many. Oh, yeah, like the account. There's like an art accountant or something right. like that. <laughs> the Actuary. That's right. <laughs> well, at least we'll have life insurance. Right. Exactly. <laughs> there it is. All right. That's, yeah, you because know, you know he gives you bonuses to because he you know he predicts. Oh, he rolled ninety five. You yeah, you have a ninety five percent chance of dying next round. I think there was wasn't there there was a fortune. There may have been a fortune, fortune teller yeah. NPC. I like that. So okay, all right. There's the justice. Yeah, exactly. They'd be like the Joker. Once you get high enough level, you're the Joker. And that's like the bummer. You can't be evil. Right. That sucks. That does stink, right? Because we're talking about like the lawful evil wait, bard you, is cool. You, what's what Lyman's can you be? Yeah, oh, they're stinky. Because you could be a lawful evil bard, can I? Yeah. Uh, or neutral evil. Neutral evil. I can be. I know I can be an evil bard yes, of some kind. You just right? can't be. Law, I don't think any lawful. Yeah. Okay. So uh, the gesture must be either neutral good, chaotic good, true neutral, or chaotic neutral. Yeah. So you could be lawful evil if you got a helm opposing alignment. I don't know if you lose your. Yeah. Do- it actually talks. I I I tried not to over talk. Uh, it talks about it. If you lose it, any change no! from the gesture's alignment to a lawful or evil alignment immediately makes the gesture a thief. With only climbing kit prices. Oh, so everything, you can be everything, but you can't be lawful or evil. So why can't I be law? Oh, I can't be lawful because I'm a jester. And I can't be evil. Why? Why? Yeah, wouldn't the Joker would be a lawful? Yeah, the but, Joker would be like a chaotic, but, evil jester. Well, that's why you shouldn't take real people and put them into D&D. Oh, yeah, because the chaotic, evil jester would be awesome. Right. As a, as a baddie. Right. Good news, you can you should have if you were at GaryCon, you could have asked Roger to see if you could get that make that change. We should ask him. Because then you could oh yeah, you could have like, oh, so you could have an adventure like assault on the fun house. So you're like taking down the fun house. Right. The chaotic evil fun house. Right. The sadistic fun, fun house. house. Yeah. Sadistic fun house. That's a good name of this album. That is a good album. Sadistic Fun House. Yeah, welcome to the fun. Welcome to the Fun House. Sadistic Fun House. It's now time <laughs> to enter the Fun House. That's that's the rock opera that they write. Yes, it's all creepy. There's like Iron Maiden. That's <laughs> the yeah pseudo undead rock opera. Yeah, it's like yeah. What was the um yeah? Alice Cooper, welcome to my nightmare. This is welcome to the sadistic fun. Yeah, what was that? What's that show they all show at midnight uh, movies? Uh, Creeper feature. <laughs> right, rock and roll uh, something, right? Yeah. Welcome to the sadistic. Yeah, you have Iron Maidens and Chains and yeah. It doesn't roll off the tongue like Welcome to the Jungle. Welcome to the sadistic fun house. Okay. Well, I hear awesome. a lot of groaning. <laughs> and yeah, clanking. <laughs> Hey, you pay pay extra for that. All right. Oh, that was good. Actually, I like that class. So someone needs to write that module, the Rocky Horror Picture. Exactly. So, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Exactly. Oh, that's it. We have to do the bits and everything. Okay, you're right. That is right. 
Get exclusive content, a behind-the-screen look at the podcast, and a chance to play with Dan and James. Support Grog Talk by becoming a patron at www.patreon.com backslash Grog Talk. Hello hey, from Dave Kahn. Hey, there he is, the man, the myth, the legend, Hello, Mr. Vic Dorso from Dave Kahn. Let's give him an applause. Yay. Hello, everybody. There it is. We're, we're gaming and everything else here, so you know, it's, it's a little busy. It's 10 o'clock. That's why I called and told you to call me at 9.30 because it's really getting busy. <laughs> oh, you meant not, I wasn't sure if it was your clo- 9 o'clock or our 9 o'clock. That's why, so. Yeah, well. <laughs> so, so, so tell us, uh, how did day one go and, and, and you know. Well, day one, go, day one was, uh, was, uh. Uh, a little chaotic at the start, but after it got going, it was pretty good. We uh, got the rooms here that are, uh, uh, we had the uh, Ernie Gygax sit in with uh, David Wesley playing uh, Bronstein wow. for the first time. Then we had uh, David Wesley sit in with our own uh, Robert Ritchie and play the uh, his, uh, the hazing in AD&D, and he's never played that before, so it's it's. We're, we're doing some firsts here. Well, absolutely. I mean, so for people who, who may not be aware of it, this is the first ever Dave Kahn. It's in Minneapolis, just outside Minneapolis, Minnesota. Vic Dorso, good friend of the show. Um, he's the brainchild behind this. He, he put it together. And uh, a lot of folks from, from our area came. I would have loved to come. But unfortunately, on Monday, I've got a little test I got to take care of. Uh, but so we're definitely want to come up there, but we definitely wanted to hear from you, Vic, on how things are going. Um, so he's got original games. He's got luminaries from, uh, the old school gaming here. You're doing a silent auction. That's going to benefit charity. When is that going to happen? Yeah, we're doing a, we're doing a, uh, we're doing a, uh, educational scholarship fund thing. And we're uh, going to sell a bunch of stuff off here at, uh, four o'clock today. Uh, including tickets for next year's uh, Dave Con. So that'll be a good thing. And then we're doing uh, we're doing some uh, Tim Cast has done two games today, one game tomorrow later yesterday, I mean two games yesterday, one game today. and then he's getting on a plane tomorrow. Um, so we're 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 moving right along here. It's busy. Uh, we're trying to get more games scheduled. Guys are standing around looking to play, so we're we're trying to get more dungeon masters to do stuff. So, uh, anybody wants to come down, come on down, and uh, we could probably get you slip you into a new game or something. You know. So if you're in the Minneapolis area today, and it runs through tomorrow, it's uh, yep. uh, it's on DaveCon.net. Is that correct? Yep. Eight, it's eight o'clock in the morning till twelve midnight tonight, and eight tomorrow till eight tomorrow night. So. What are, what are the highlights besides the auction today that you got going on? Uh, well, we're going to play. We're going to be playing some. Um, uh, we got we got Panamania, the uh, version number four of the of the uh, of the uh, uh, Bronstein, and then we've got another. We've got the first campaign is starting here in a minute with. Uh, uh, it'll be Ernie Gygax joining uh, AJ, H.A. Hoyt for that one, which is the very early uh, Blackmore game. Wow. And then um, uh, we, I, it's just it's just 
uh, cacophony of stuff. We've got some guys demonstrating <laughs> new games and stuff here, and they've got Kickstarters out on the web right now and stuff like that. So, so I, uh, yeah, I know that Rob is up there. Our Tim Cast did, and he's did he meet Tim Cast? Did they decide which Tim oh, Cast yeah, was the real Tim Cast? They've, they've they've been some. They've been talking. We've got from the Grog Empire here. We've got uh, myself, the Empress Strangler. Robert Ritchie, Brando. Um, oh God, who else there's, is here? There's a couple others, I think. Yeah. Right. My my brain is my brain is oh, racking yeah. here. Yes, that's okay. There's so many people walking around and stuff, so we're just sort of uh, trying to do it, and we're gonna auction off Go Delicious later. Good. Sorry, Dan. Oh no, no, no. I understand you've made it clear that this is they're not buying Go Delicious. The winner is it's a bailment is taking temporary custody. Right. Right, he's taking temporary custody until such time that he can be moved on to another place, and then, uh, you know. But it's for charity, so there's nothing, there's nothing uh, nefarious going on there. So, it's a, it's a temporary status, and uh, we'll keep moving on from there. You know. Well, so. well, congratulations, Vic. I mean, this is something you've put your heart and soul, and people don't who've never run a convention don't realize how much work there is to do this. And you have luminaries that you pulled together, getting rooms, getting things. It's it's truly an epic thing. We you know we only do a f- part of it because Craig helps us. So hats off to yep. you. Uh, it's really Thank great, you, great sir. job. Um, we're looking forward to. And this is again, this is not a one and done. This is something that Vic's passion was. Hey, we need to um, honor Dave Dave Arneson and all the people who are there. And really get back to you know what why Vic likes our GrogCon and why I think he's a because some of these shows have thousands of people and you get lost in it. Here, you want to play with Ernie Gygax, you can play with him. He's there. You want to play in yep. David Wesley's game, good luck trying to do that at, at another show. We won't say that. Just because right. it's too massive. Was, yesterday, yesterday it was just walk up and you could play in any of those games. Right. It was just literally that, that easy it was. It was just like, oh, you want to play? Sit down. You know, so it was, you know, you can't go to you can't go to Gary Con. You can't go to anywhere else and get that done. You can do it here, though, at, at Dave Con right now. So Well, well done, sir. Again, keep us in the loop. Is there, are you posting stuff on social media that people can look at? Or how's that working? Uh, we've been we've been posting it up on the Grog Talk uh, Discord server, okay. a whole bunch of pictures, Great. and then we've been throwing some stuff on the DaveCon um, DaveCon uh, Facebook page. So, so I can you know. I can do I have permission to put that on on Twitter on our Twitter account yep. your stuff? Okay, great. Yep. I'm going to do that this afternoon because. Uh, people re- and remember, if you sit in on certain games like the Banania, the Coop, the the David Wesley game, and the AJ Hoyt game, those 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 premium guests get buttons. Uh, if you're playing their games, you get a button to say that you've actually played with them here at DaveCon. That wow! Sort of your tag to go home. Yeah, so. I mean, it's it's truly it's truly amazing how the luminaries you brought together. So, best of luck. Are you getting any sleep? That's the question. What'd you say? Are you getting any sleep? No, what's that? <laughs> I might get that on Sunday, but until then, I'm I'm running on uh, I'm running on sugars. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. So. Well, good for you. Hey, you know what? Uh, what's great is when you get done, you'll be like, "This was amazing." I know it's super stressful the few weeks before, but 
Now you're yeah, in. Well, see, that's why I go to cons like the Grog Talk or Grog Con, you know, then I can just sit back and go, ah, I don't have to work on this one. Right, right. Because oh, I was just going to suggest he's getting experience. We could put it to right, you. Right, right. He could, he, could, he, could, he could chair ours now. We don't have to do it, so. Oh, great. Yeah, great. You want me to help you? Out? Mm -hmm. Okay, thanks. Well, thanks, guys. You, you're moving down like here, so right? You're moving down here, so you. Yeah years or so i'll be moving down there then then i'm gonna be getting some consulting fees that's right it'll be it'll be grogcon south where's that you know venice sarasota it's like you know 40 miles there you away go. all right sir Great. i know you've got a ton of stuff to do it's great talking to you say hello to Jeannie, and we will talk to you real soon best of luck sir all right. thank you sir all right talk bye. to you later bye all right great yeah. to hear that is going well yeah that's awesome yeah Good i've seen him. a lot of photos from it Sounds like everyone's having a real good time. People are talking about it on the Grog Talk Discord. And it uh, sounds like it's going well. All right. Well, I hope you all enjoyed our 100th episode. This was supposed to happen last week for those who figured out we were trying to do. This is our, it was our April thing uh, event. But uh, again, thanks to Dan for all his help on this. It was a lot of fun. And we will see you in a couple of weeks, folks. Wait, it's not. Oh, so that was you weren't serious. I well, gotta, I, I was. Come back. I was was, but now the Vic's talking. He's kind of re, he's re-energized me. Talking about cons has re-energized me. Okay. So yes, you have. To, uh, did you text your wife that this was the last time? Yes. Oh well, I'm sorry about That's, that. Yes. Of course. Like, like immediately, like three <laughs> seconds later. Right. It's it's over. It's over. What am I gonna do with my Saturday? So, uh, yeah. well, with that. Uh, uh, we really appreciate it. And again, thanks to all our patrons. Thanks to all the people listen. If you like what we're doing. You know, go out there and try to spread the word. It's, uh, we, we definitely want people to come to GrogCon. That's in late September. Uh, and then if you're up north, go to see DaveCon. So for Grog Talk, I'm James. And I'm Dan. And we'll see you next time on Grog Talk. Take care. This has been a Bushy Puppy production. All rights reserved.